Oikos Podcast, Sustainability Conversations. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Jos Tomschmidt, Academic Director of Oikos. I'm here in Appenzell, Switzerland, at the very first Oikos Young Scholars Organizations Academy on Organizations and Cultural Sustainability. My guest is Trexler Prophet Jr. Trex, uh, you're an assistant professor at Franklin Marshall College and you run a few ventures. Hello and thanks for joining us. Uh, Trex, would you like to share some insights on your academic background and the projects you are currently involved in? Thank you for having me, Joost. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Sure, I'd be happy to share a little bit about my background. So I became interested in how to improve organizations um, more than 20 years ago, but I didn't realize that you could make a living as an academic studying these things. Uh, and so after graduate school, I took very seriously this idea that my impact as a scholar uh, would include the idea of improving organizations and their effectiveness uh, in whatever field I went into. So. Um, my research area uh, is certainly something that all academics uh, start with, which is um, uh, you know a blend of organizational sociology and management theory. So I work on the problem of the governance of firms. Um, that shows up most easily in my work on investor activism and uh, also on the idea that um, things like corporate restructuring, uh, social movements, corporate social responsibility, these are all things that emerge out of a field of action in which firms are engaged. But I'm also very interested in working directly with students on empowering them to be leaders and forces for change in society. And uh, a third part of my activity is to try to improve in a tangible and meaningful way the communities of which I'm a part. You mentioned this already. Um, you have as an academic uh, a potential impact as an academic but also on society. Where do you see the, the most potential impact of young upcoming scholars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, obviously there's a lot of preference uh, variety here. So just speaking of my own journey, um, I always did want to have an impact on other scholars and other colleagues in other institutions, certainly. Um, that's a big part of what we do. And I think it's, it's interesting to uh, imagine that um, that's sort of the first big project of young scholars. I think a secondary um, impact, which is not for everyone, um, is to make a difference through your teaching. And I think you can teach a lot of different types of students um, and you try to make a big impact by magnifying what you've learned um, through the, the teaching enterprise. So I think I've taken that quite seriously and I view uh, teaching undergraduates right now as the main thing that I'm working on. Um, but obviously uh, a lot of our colleagues teach PhD students and master's level students um, and you know they variously embrace uh, that enterprise. So I think it's really important to imagine that although we conduct our research and share it with the field, not many people are actually affected by that in the world. Um, that's part of the advancement of science and it's a behind the scenes uh, kind of endeavor. Um, it's also extremely specialized. Whereas with our teaching, we do make a big impact. And then there's a third level, which I think is hard for any academic to approach, uh, which is the public, publicly minded intellectual and entrepreneur. And if we take seriously what we're teaching in management theory, 
um, in my mind anyway, I think it's really helpful to try it out from time to time. So myself, uh, as an institutional theorist, I would like to see if I can become an in institutional entrepreneur and make a difference in the construction of markets and fields. So uh, I take that, uh, what I've been studying, really seriously in that way. And I don't think that's for everyone. But uh, I do think we need to recapture within academia the sense of the public intellectual, the engaged, uh, mindful, thoughtful scholar who's also of the world, not separate from the world. Yeah. What drives you most in research and teaching and, and, and how do you combine your professional and your private life? I mean, there's certain pressures on you as an academic, as a teacher, as a professor. Yeah, we tend to forget that there's a wide range of uh, institutional homes for our activity. A lot of people will let us be academics. And um, so what I found very fruitful is to move among uh, a variety of different kinds of institutions in our field. Uh, so being at a top tier research one university and the, uh, a private one was very interesting to me. That uh, certainly provided the resources I thought to support uh, what I would call specialized research. Um, there's a second kind of university which is you know the more public uh, undergraduate oriented endeavor and I, I worked there for a while and I felt like that's where I really felt this tension between the teaching and the research. But um, then now I've moved to yet another kind of institution, a very small, private, undergraduate-focused liberal arts institution. And yet again, I've seen there's a very different idea of what counts as scholarship um, and whether teaching is important and in what ways. So I guess um, my view is that the homes that are available to us are much broader in variety and type than we normally imagine when we're being trained up as PhD students. Uh, and the needs of society are quite various and we need to embrace that. And so um, having tried all these things out, I can actually say uh, that I like all of them, um, but uh, it's hard for one person to do all those things. Yeah. At many schools, there, are, there is an increasing pressure on aspiring scholars to publish in top journals. and often young scholars struggle to live up to these expectations. Uh, would you share some uh, publication experience and, and do you have any recommendations to, to young scholars? Yes, uh, I would say um, we're in a field in which there's always a demand and so although you may not have a career the exact way that you might imagine at the beginning, um, there's a lot of ways to continue this work with or without a large number of publications and whether or not they're in the topmost journals. Let's be honest, uh, this is a phenomenon of the last 30 years. And uh, if you look at some of the most important scholars in our field, um, they, are, they are lucky to publish something important once every 10 years or so. So if you actually do the statistical analysis of our own project, uh, you'll see that um, you know, these luminaries are content uh, with a pace of production that's much more natural and I think involves that sort of reflective, thoughtful uh, contribution rather than this mechanistic mass production model in which we might see the same theory sliced and diced uh, five different ways in five different journals uh, and then, you know, mildly, uh, you know, related empirical settings 
um, often opportunistically cobbled together with theories in order to produce a publication. I think uh, that's a game that uh, is really very modern. Uh, it's only in the last two or three decades, and um, not everyone's ready for that, and, and that should not be required, I don't think, of every academic. At the same time, I think it is important to try to make a contribution, and um, as long as we have the variety of homes that we uh, have in our field, I believe that there's a space for everyone. Um, but I would say that there is this push towards the top that's not sustainable, and that there is uh, an emerging compromise in our field. You'll see it at the uh, most well-endowed institutions that they split research from teaching. And researchers get much less teaching and a lot more time and, and resources for research than they put teaching on the backs of clinical faculty or visitors or adjuncts who teach a little bit more and don't have research demands in the same way. And that to me seems like one of the accommodations that we're making in our field, that there's sort of a more obvious labeling of uh, teaching on the one hand and research on the other. And I think that's a more honest way to do it. Um, and yet, not everyone has enough resources to make the dual track a reality. So that's the problem for a lot of uh, up and coming academics is that they'll be put into this uh, double demand situation. And that will be stressful. And, um, and, and so those who prefer teaching um, will be forced to do research. And those who prefer research will be forced to be also teaching well in the classroom. And um, I don't think our profession's well served by that sort of excessive workload. And um, I also think the natural pace of research is a multi-year process. And we're using a reward system that implies an almost annual production cycle. And I feel like that's uh, really missing the nature of uh, what I find most interesting in management research. Trax, thank you for sharing your thoughts and joining us today. This was a podcast with Professor Trax Prophet Jr. by Oikos International. More information on Oikos and the International Oikos Young Scholars Academies can be found on our website at www.oikosinternational.org slash academic. Oikos Sustainability Conversations.